Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Dylan Hudsinger at Thunder Chats here with you once again for the Topic Thunder podcast. Uh, this is actually part two of our Josh Giddy coverage. We're about to bring in Will Crouch, who covers uh, Josh Giddy for the Adelaide 36ers um, in Australia. And hand in the air, I messed up. Um, we was actually supposed to have both parts of this podcast. It's supposed to be like one mega Giddy episode, but stupid me. Uh, put part one, put the Latrain ad, which I'm about to talk about here in a second, and then part one again instead of part two. So rather than having to scrap the whole thing, uh, I just decided to cut it in half and put part two out as, as its own episode because it's, I mean, it's just as good enough that it can stand on its own as well. So um, before we get into that, I want to talk about Latrain Watches, our newest sponsor. Uh, if you guys want a nice new watch, High quality watch, you know, they got one on the site. I was looking at it last night uh, whenever, you know, we was like in discussions and conversations. There was one with like a black face, brown band, like it was fire. It was sharp. It was affordable too. I was shocked about that. And, you know, even though their watches are affordable, listeners of this show, if they go and they visit la-t-o-u-r-a-i-n-e.com, that's La Terrain Watches, and they enter in promo code OKC, they get 10% off of the entire store. They don't just have watches. They have wristbands. They have duffel bags. They have all kinds of stuff on there. I'm pretty sure they even have sunglasses. So go on, head over to LaTorraine.com. That's L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. And uh, go ahead and get you some nice little wrist candy. Looking all spick and span for the summer league coming up. Um, Speaking of spick and span... I'm going to go ahead and transition into the part two of the Josh Giddy podcast with myself, Alex Roig, and Will Crouch. Thunder up! And welcome back to part two of the Top of Thunder podcast in which we are covering our boy Josh Giddy from Australia. Uh, I am joined in part two by my boy, Alex Roig. Alex, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. I was able to get off of work early, so it's a Friday, so get a little bit of extra time on this weekend. Absolutely, man. So, our our guest today, uh, he's actually if you've if you've been following me, um, so I used to have a podcast called the NTTB podcast, um, and so back whenever we drafted Terrence Ferguson, I reached out. I was looking for a contact or somebody to talk to about Terrence Ferguson because number one, we drafted him, had no idea who the hell he was, um, and saw that he played for the Adelaide Thirty Sixers, 
and was like, hey, let me just go ahead and, you know, go through the search bar on, on Twitter and see if I can find somebody that maybe has some connections to the Adelaide 36ers. And so I happened to come across um, somebody named Will Crouch. And so that's who we have on today. We have on Will Crouch. He's a, he's a friend of the podcast through me. He's never been on our podcast per se, but he has been on my, also on my previous podcast. Um, so Will Crouch, he's a reporter over at, uh, what is it, News 9 Adele. Do you, how do you guys say Adele? Is it Adele or Adele? Well, it's, 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 it's short for Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide, it's, it's, yeah. yeah non, Channel 9 News Adelaide. So uh, I'm, a, I'm one of the go. sport reporters there, so just covering anything and everything. But uh, obviously a big talking point this year has been Josh Giddy and uh, what he's done in Adelaide. Definitely. And then, you know, as fate would have it, you know, he transitioned over. He was drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so I had to, you know, ring up my friend, Will Crouch, again and be like, hey, give us some intel. Give us some – because he's kind of an inter- international man of mystery. You know, he's he played, you know, a season over there, did very well. Um, and so bringing you on right now to kind of talk Josh Giddy. But before we go – before we move on to Josh Giddy, we always like to get a little bit of background on our guests. Um, and so, you know, reading your bio – says that you're an American sports fanatic. So what what do you love about American sports? What exactly, which sport do you love? You know, which teams are your favorites? <laughs> well, look, I, uh, I, I'm, a, as I said, an avid sports fan, not just American sports, but, uh, but all sports. Uh, American sports are generally my favorite. I think the leagues are always exceptional. They're, they run well. Um, and, you know, you've got the best talent in the world, uh, probably in every league except maybe soccer. So... Uh, I grew up playing basketball, so that's probably my favorite sport. But I've uh, had a bit of a go at NFL or American football gridiron, we call it here. So I played a bit of that and love watching the NFL. But I think it's, it's a seasonal thing, isn't it? You know, when the baseball playoffs are on, you start watching more baseball. When the ice hockey playoffs heat up for the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. you watch more of that. Uh, but for me, NBA, NBA is always kind of the number one with a bit of NFL peppered in as well. That's so, that's so weird to see somebody that's not – not American and not raised American to talk about the NFL. Like I've always <laughs> wondered about, I've always, is there, I know you guys have Aussie, Aussie rules football over there and you guys love it. You guys live by it. You know, that's your, that is your football. Like that's your version of the NFL because whenever we've had on other, you know, people from Australia, other Aussies, that's all they talk about is Aussie, Aussie rules football. So that's right. So my question is, do you think, and this is just completely off topic, off tar- off topic. Um, is there any, are there any like grassroots type football leagues in Australia, like where they use pads and everything, like American football? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's it's quite funny. I've actually played in one. Um, oh, played okay. as a tight end a few, for a few seasons, and each state has one. So. I'm I'm in South Australia, so we've got a league. It's got five teams, um, and the funny thing is, it's it's the best league in the state, but it's also the only league in the state. So you know, uh-huh. you've got guys who have uh, who have actually gone and played a little bit of college, and and you know are playing in this league and are, are quite good. But then you've also got guys like me who have turned up off the street and are playing for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a real. Um, I guess diversity of uh, school levels playing, but it's a lot of fun and it's it's a good culture. The guys love it, and you know we we have a, we have a bit of fun. The team I played in um, 
the three years I played, we won the title every year because we had a we had a great quarterback, a great bunch of guys on the line, and some. Um, we actually had a few American guys who uh, who played a little bit in college and high school, living in Adelaide, and and they were on our team too. So they uh, scored plenty of touchdowns for us. <laughs> you, you awesome. forgot to mention the awesome tight end, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they just made a few cameo appearances in the end zone, but not much else. There, <laughs> there you go. go. That's all you need to do, man. That's all you need to do. <laughs> All right, so That's your right. bio also says that you're a you're a lover of the ringer. Um, so KOCO, you know, anytime draft draft time comes around, we always look at KOCO, Kevin O'Connor's uh, mock yeah. drafts and everything like that. Um, what did you think about his mock draft this year? Like, because because nobody got their mock drafts right. This draft was completely crazy. Uh, so what yeah. did you think about his mock draft this year? Well, I think, I think it was pretty good. I mean, the top kind of five picks, we had an idea of who would be going, not necessarily in what order, but mm-hmm. um, I guess the interesting thing I found was where Josh Giddy fitted into it because, you know, initially teams had him, you know, in the first round, then teams had him in the top 20, and then there was talk he could be – well, there was, he got invited to the green room um, for the draft, and then suddenly he's getting picked uh, number six, and he kind of had this whirlwind – build up where he just seemed to be climbing every day and I don't think he was ever going to quite get in that top four top five but it was really bizarre seeing seeing his stock kind of rise and I actually thought his stock was going to fall uh leading into the draft because you know obviously with the American scouts and the American players they're seeing a lot more of them and a guy like Giddy who's a bit more of an unknown quantity could have you know slid just a little bit but uh it's really interesting that uh it kind of the opposite happened his stock just kept rising uh, and then, you know, next minute he's, uh, he's gone to Oklahoma city. Absolutely, man. And, you know, you, you talk about the ring, you know, we talk about KOC. Um, we're, we're actually really good friends with a, uh, mercenary writer is what I'm going to call him. Uh, Tyler Parker of the ringer who you brought ah. us the, the brilliance of tank diaries. Um, so we're, we're, we're very familiar with the tank, uh, you know, the, uh, the emotions that come with it, the excitement, and the, uh, the rejection of the excitement when Dort hits a game winner. And, you know, obviously it didn't really work out for us in the draft this year. But, um, you know, as we're starting to learn, like through the guy that we just talked to, like whenever it, through we're about to talk to you, and the more that we see from Josh Giddy, uh, there's a little bit more and more to be excited about. So, um, you know, as, as we kind of transition into that, uh, I just want to ask you, you know, you, you talk about how you had a uh, kind of an affinity for American sports, you know, growing up and I guess now as well. Um, what first gave you interest into the NBL? Uh, the NBL, I mean, it's it's the league that uh, I grew up watching as a kid. I went and watched the Adelaide 36ers and, uh, you know, you, you'd go down, the, down to the old stadium they played in. They've just moved, but the old stadium um, – you know, a lot of memories there of, of really good teams who won a couple of titles with a couple of good U.S. imports and a couple of good homegrown players. And um, they were just, they were a fun team. They, were, they, they had guys who could shoot, guys who could dunk, and they were just good to watch. And I remember, you know, as a kid, you go down there and you think like, this is awesome. You want to play basketball. You want to watch the 36ers. And uh, as you grow up, you kind of just keep that same affinity watching the NBL. The, the, it's been a really interesting journey for the league. It used to be a really good league in the, 80s and 90s and then the money kind of just the the money wasn't there to, to sustain it so it kind of hit a real low point for a number of years um and now it's kind of found its feet again one of the uh owners um 
really said, I'm going to put a lot of money into this and we're going to make it a good league. And he, he's done that. And it's attracting kind of marquee players and it's attracting guys who, you know, like the Lamello balls of the world. And it's, uh, it's turning into a really good league again. So it's exciting for the NBL. So kind of transitioning to, to what you do now, um, reporting. How did you get into reporting? How did, you know, how did you become a reporter? <laughs> well, my dad was a journalist, so I always oh, had a, yeah. um, you know, like a little bit of uh, an insider's knowledge of what that industry looked like and uh, that kind of thing. And um, I guess the more I, um, the more I, went through school I realized I wasn't um wasn't that big on science wasn't that big on maths wasn't that big on a number of subjects but English I always found enjoyable and media I always found enjoyable so I thought let's you know see where this goes and I just kind of found myself going through uni doing journalism and you know obviously loving sports the two there was a kind of mutual interest there for sports reporting um I got a got an entry-level job at Channel 9 and um you know, one day they needed someone to fill in in the sports department. And I said, yep, I'd love to do it. I did a story on uh, supercar racing, which, uh, you know, is something I really don't have too much interest in or know much about. But that's the kind of, you know, beauty of sports reporting. You do a lot of different things, see different things, talk to different people. And, um, you know, and now here we are talking about, uh, you know, some kid from Melbourne who's played basketball in Adelaide and now he's going to the NBA. And it's, you know, these kind of bizarre stories that make it so much fun. So, so you're basically the Josh Giddy of um, news reporting in Adelaide, right? Because <laughs> your, your dad uh, was a reporter, so now you're... <laughs> that's right. You know, runs in the butt. And <laughs> I'd like to be making the same salary Josh Giddy's on. But... <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody make a tweet the other day. So let this sink in. Josh Giddy next year will be making more than Shea Gildas Alexander. And it's just, it's just wild to think about. But yeah, yeah. it's true based on where they was drafted. So yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, one more question about your background before we kind of dive into the Giddy uh, content here. Um, how long have you been covering uh, the NBL? It's probably been about five years now. So we've had, you know, a few different cycles here in Adelaide. We've had a team that's finished last. We've had a team that's finished first. We've had a team that's been to the grand final a few times and, um, you know, has just fallen short. So it's been a lot of different highs and lows covering the NBL for, for the team. Um but it's been about five years for me now. We've had a couple of different coaches and um, a lot of a lot of exciting players come through. So it's been a lot of fun. So that sounds like the story of the Thunder the last five years. You know, <laughs> it's not far right off, to... it is it? Yeah, it's not. It really isn't. Uh, so kind of kind of transitioning into into Josh Giddy. Um, so how long have you been able to watch Josh Giddy play competitive basketball? Like you know, for us, Oklahoma City, and and for us you know, that just got into the draft process for this year. Um, you know, Josh Giddy, like I said, was like an international man of mystery. You heard about him over in the NBL. He's, you know, he's throwing up a couple, a uh, couple triple doubles. You know, it's this kid, this little lanky kid that, you know, he can, he can pass the ball very, you know, at a high level. Um, so how long have you guys kind of been, you know, been watching Josh Giddy on, on your radar? Yeah, so, I mean, we heard that the Sixers, the 36ers, were going to sign him. So we did our background research. And that when they signed him, he was only 17 years old. So it was quite an interesting um, signing, getting this player who's, you know, only probably just got his uh, driver's license and <laughs> still couldn't legally – in Australia, the drinking age is 18. So he still, you know, couldn't even have a beer with his teammates. Um, 
So we did a bit of research on him and looked into him and he'd obviously had parents who'd played in the NBL. He'd been part of uh, the NBL, the NBA Global Academy. Um, and the interesting thing was he'd also been part of the Boomer squad, the, the obviously our national men's team. They just played the US at the Olympics and um, he was, he's one of the youngest players to ever get picked to play for the Boomers. So he's, he's played a few uh, international kind of exhibitions and, so we'd seen some highlights of him here and there, but we didn't really get a first look at him until he arrived in Adelaide. And the first thing you notice is, you know, how big this kid is. He's six foot nine. So he's a, a point guard who's six foot nine. And he, you think, you know, he, he looks young and he looks slight, but then you actually get up close and you realize he's, he's massive and he uh, has these long arms and long legs and you kind of don't know what to expect. Is he going to be a, um, you know, uh, you just don't know what, what you're going to, get from him so we started watching him um you know at the start of the season and initially he was going to be a reserve player uh he was going to be a reserve to donald sloan who ex-nba guard who the 36ers had signed to be their starting point guard the first few games of the year donald sloan didn't really didn't really do a lot and he ended up getting um released from the team so then all of a sudden there's this starting point guard slot open and josh giddy's jumped into it and you know, like it was really unlike anything we expected to see. You've got this, I think by this stage you'd turned 18, but you've got this 18-year-old kid, probably the youngest kid in the league, and he's running point for a pro team and looks like he's been doing it for 10 years. Uh, just a massive amount of poise on the court. And um, so that was where we first kind of got out. I mean, we, we saw him play for the entire season, which was about 30-odd games. Um, so going back a few months when we first saw him, but it was probably... The first time we thought, okay, maybe we're seeing something special was when he uh, took that starting role and really made it his own a few months ago. Yeah, so with Josh Giddy, what what was – I know you said something about the NBA Global Academy. Wasn't there something called the Next Stars program? Did I just make that up completely in my head? No, no, no. You're spot on. So he signed on with the 36ers as a Next Star player, and that's a thing we've got in the NBL – uh, in the NBL, you can have three imports per team, so three overseas players. And as a way to lure uh, young talent, especially with more players opting to bypass college, uh, the NBL introduced the Next Stars Academy, which meant instead of going to college and playing for free, you could come and sign with a team here in Australia and you wouldn't be counted as an import, so teams could still get their three imports. Um and you'd have more of a pathway to hopefully go to the NBA. And, you know, in a, in a kind of this, with this going full circle, Terrence Ferguson was actually one of the first next stars who was kind of brought down under to play and, um, you know, ha- have that pathway into the NBA. I got you. So was, uh, so you talk about Ferg, uh, was, was RJ Hampton or Lamelo Ball? Was that kind of the trajectory they took as well? Yeah, they were both uh, next stars. So they were signed up to, to, you know, um, effectively come down under and build up their draft stock and uh, show that they could play against grown men. And I think both of those players uh, really excelled in the role. Lamelo is obviously the, the biggest name to come and do it, you know, and obviously he got drafted third overall and looked like the best player in the draft class at times when he's been playing. Uh, and RJ, you know, a little bit more of a bumpy ride for him with a trade and kind of finding his niche a bit more, but still undoubtedly talented. And I think got draft 
you know, scouts thinking, okay, this kid, he, he's the real deal. Like, we will definitely take a serious look at him. So, uh, uh, you know, and you watching Josh Giddy throughout this entire NBL season, at what point did you look at him and say, oh, wow, this guy has the potential to go to the NBA, not just stay here, but go to the NBA? So, look, I think as soon as he signed with the 36ers, there was a lot of talk, this kid is going to be playing NBA next year. And initially, a lot of people, I think, thought, okay, yep, he'll play NBA, but maybe, you know, he'll, he'll get in the second round or, you know, he'll mm-hmm. sign with the team or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and the, I think it was just the more we saw him, the more we realised um, just how much of the real deal he was playing in Australia. I mean, look, the, the way the season went out, like I said, he, he kind of came into the starting five and every, it, it really was if, as if every game he got better. You know, every game he showed you something new. He was throwing down like big two-handed dunks through traffic at times. And you kind of think, whoa, I didn't know he could do that. And then next game, you know, he'd be he'd hit three threes in a in an overtime win. And you're thinking, okay, so he can shoot as well. And then, you know, the next week he'd he'd be uh the first rookie to have consecutive triple doubles. And you're suddenly thinking, okay, there's a lot this kid can do. Uh, you know, what can't he do? <laughs> so and I think actually in saying that. When he, he he had a really, really minor injury towards the end of the year, the club had just got out of playoff contention and they made the decision that, okay, we're going to shut Giddy down. We don't we want to protect his draft stock. Um, he's not going to play for the rest of the year. And from that point on, the Sixers, the 36ers season, they, they didn't even look like winning a game. And I think that was almost the light bulb moment where a lot of people thought, okay, this kid is so good. You take this 18-year-old kid out of a pro team and suddenly they can't, they can't win a game. So I think that was probably the moment people realised uh, when he wasn't playing just how good he was and how, how much potential was there for him to have a future in the NBA. For sure, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I actually never even heard that. that um, you know, that's why they cut his season short because he had the injury and they wanted to preserve a draft stock. So. I mean, that's good to hear, you know, it's, you know, he came into the program and, you know, he was, he listened to what they told him to do and, you know, they, they turned around as well to him. So that's awesome to hear. Um, so yeah. I, I know what his biggest strength is. I mean, I think the average NBA watcher knows what Josh Giddy's strength is. It's his passing. It's his playmaking. If you was to like circle into like a strong number two for like Josh Giddy's biggest strength, what would you say it is? I mean, yeah, like you said, his passing is undoubtedly his best strength. He's tall. He's got long levers. He can make any pass on the court. I think K.O. Steven said that in his draft uh, analysis. He can make any pass on the court. And I've seen that firsthand. He, he can get in lanes. He can find guys under the ring. He can hit shooters. He can do all that stuff, which uh, is really important. I think I think his, his second biggest strength is probably just his ability to be a playmaker. And when I talk about that, I don't mean just passing. He's the type of guy who can crash a pack and get a rebound. And it might not, he might not get the assist, but he can make a play in about three seconds. It's like watching, you would have seen Ben Simmons do it for Philadelphia. Sometimes he pulls down a rebound and within three dribbles, he's three quarters of the way up the court uh, with an open layup or he's passed it on to someone else who's then found a shooter in the corner and you've got in three seconds, you've gone from defensive rebound to a, you know, a three point shot. 
Um, I think that's probably his biggest strength. It's almost like watching Russell Westbrook sometimes. They're obviously completely different players and have different body types and different different uh, traits, but it is that similar, you know, rebound and push. And 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 probably, I guess, in in saying all that, I guess what I'm trying to get at is his, his biggest strength, aside from his passing and playmaking, is probably his basketball IQ. He's a really intelligent player. His agent told us uh, this year during what, uh, an interview that. He thinks Luka Doncic is probably the smartest player in the NBA and Josh Giddy probably isn't far off that level of basketball IQ. And I think you can see it in the way he plays. It's, yeah, you, you can see it in his playmaking, but also the way he, you know, the, he works as a floor general, the way he kind of uh, pushes transition or pulls back transition, the way he um, just goes about what he does. He's a really smart player. And I think, uh, that's probably something you, it's kind of hard to measure on the court, but I think once he starts playing for the Thunder and, you know, inevitably he'll have some, some growing pains and probably hit the rookie wall like everyone does. But I think one of the things you'll notice the more you watch him is that level of basketball IQ that's, that's really, really high. All right. I like that a lot. I mean, basketball IQ <laughs> akin to Luka Doncic. I mean, there's, there's worse players you can be compared to on that. <laughs> um, I do want to touch back on this. You know, you mentioned Ben Simmons, and, you know, he, he's kind of a hot name going around and everything. But when you think back to the playoffs and you think back to that pivotal moment where he passed up that wide-open layup for a contested layup, and it was just like a complete, like, absolute shredding and loss of confidence. Um, when you see Josh Giddy, do you see him wavering at all? Or do you see a guy that even at 18 years old just has like put the world on my shoulders confidence? Oh, undoubtedly. He is a guy who has been a winner at every level. There's a, there's a video of him playing for uh, in juniors here, you play state-based basketball. So South Australia will play against Victoria and New South Wales. And Josh Giddy, growing up in Melbourne, he played for Victoria. And there's a great video of him he has a shot to win the game for the championship for his state. And he takes this three and he misses it. And his team gets a long rebound. And without even thinking, they get him the ball and he fires up a jump shot and scores it and they win the title. And that's the kind of player Josh Giddy is. He misses a shot to win a championship and straight away he's putting up another shot and it's dropping because he's just that kind of player. He doesn't hold on to those little... Um, little, uh, I guess, th those little defeats that you have when you make a turnover or miss a shot. You know, he's automatically back in hunting mode uh, to do what's best for the team. And I'm not saying he's a gunner who, you know, is going to take every shot. He's the type of guy, if there was a better shot on offer, he wouldn't have hesitated making the pass, I don't think. But he's the type of guy who, who's a known winner. And, he, you know, when the game's on the line for the 36s, he wants the ball in his hands to go and make a play. And whether that's, uh, you know, an alley-oop lob, after being doubled on a pick and roll or a step back three pointer, he wants to be the one with the ball in his hands to dictate the defense and take whatever they're going to give him. So he's, he's certainly, I, I wouldn't say he's an, he's an arrogant person when you, you'll see him in the media and talk to him. He's definitely not an arrogant person, but he does have that, um, that mentality where he, he knows what he can do on the court and he backs in his ability. And, uh, He's mentally, I think, mental strength is uh, certainly one one uh, one strength of his. So you mentioned the strengths. So you said passing, playmaking, 
Um, and then basketball IQ. Um, Sam Presti, he said that his level of cognition after, you know, after the draft is extremely high. So I, I guess that's what you're talking about when it comes to basketball IQ. So kind of all that are the strengths. What do you see as the weaknesses, the things that he will have to improve on to succeed at the NBA level? And maybe things that you saw while he played with the 36ers that, you know, you looked at and you said, okay, these are definitely his things that he can work on. So I think the two biggest weaknesses, there's two, two obvious ones. I think defense is one. Uh, I think players, he's not the most explosive player. He, uh, the ringer said he's a bit like Kyle Anderson or Joe Ingles. And I think they're kind of apt comparisons because when you watch him play, it almost looks like he's moving in slow motion. Sometimes he's got this, really cerebral way on offense of moving with the ball. And um, I think defensively, that's always, I guess any rookie in the NBA comes in, defense is probably the first thing they need to work on, isn't it? We see it all the time. Players take time to adapt to the uh, level of intensity that's required playing NBA defensively. And I think he'll, he'll need to adapt to that. But that's not, I think that is a, a place that, you know, he's a hard worker. He's played... Um, in the Australian team, he's played in a, a, a really good competition here in Australia at 18 years old. I think the defense will come. The thing that so that's one thing. The thing that's probably a little bit more iffy, I think, is probably his shooting. You watch his jump shot. Um, you know, he's not a natural shooter. He's more of a guy who likes to attack the rim. He likes to create for his teammates. His shooting is probably the one thing that might still need a little bit of work. If you watch the way he shoots, he kind of brings it up to his head, quite a high release point, and then almost pushes at the ball. It's not a fluid motion like we see a lot of players in the NBA with. So, he look, he proved he could score last year, and he proved he could hit threes, and he's proved in a few warm-up games for the uh, Olympics, he played for Australia as a reserve, and he hit a few threes and looked really comfortable shooting. So, I think there's no doubt he can hit the threes, and he's confident in taking those shots. But I do think he'll just need to work on developing that shot a little bit more as he, I guess, goes into his rookie season and, and probably the, you know, this first rookie training camp and his sophomore going into his next season. There'll be critical times for him to keep developing and working on that jump shot. And I think the positive thing is he's a hard worker every day um, after practice with the 36ers. He was doing individuals. Um, shooting around, specialist shooting drillers, shooting training. So I don't think you're going to get a guy who comes in and thinks, you know, I've got this covered. He's going to be in there every day and working out all the time to keep improving that jump shot and make sure it's at the level required to be a successful and, uh, and competent shooter uh, for the Thunder. Man, I love that. It's music to my ears because – <laughs> you know, as a Thunder fan, you know, we was, we was blessed with Russ, the maniac-like work ethic. And now we've got Shea, who anytime, you know, he has time in the offseason to get in the lab, he doesn't just come back and make a jump. He makes a daggone leap. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad to hear that Giddy's going to be continuing on the, the work ethic there. Um, you know, kind of speaking of Shea, you know, this is kind of like a two-part question. Um, you know, you, you, you keep mentioning that Giddy played point guard at Adelaide. And, you know, Shea's the point guard for the Thunder right now. Do you see Giddy projecting more as a guard in the NBA for the Thunder? Or do you see him more as a wing creator? And as a follow-up to that, um, what do you think about his fit along guys like Shea and Lou Dort? 
Well, I think we've we've seen in the NBA now positions are becoming much more fluid. You know, some people say positions don't even matter. I think you still, you know, you, you, there's I, to a degree that might be true. But I think what's important now is to have guys with lots of skill sets and abilities um, in the NBA now. And you look at a team like Milwaukee. Yeah, they've got you know like a Drew Holiday point guard, but he can defer to you know the seven foot Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they can almost play the same roles because. Holiday can then go and shoot, but he can also kind of defend a taller player. Like it, it's basketball is becoming so fluid like that. I don't think Giddy's fit in uh, Oklahoma with with Shea is going to be a fit that causes too many problems. I think they can coexist pretty well. They're both crafty guards who can get in the lane, who can shoot. Giddy's still a little bit of a work in progress shooting, but I think they they have really complementary skill sets. Um, you know. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, both of them playing the same roles, but then swapping those roles. Giddy looking to get in the lane, finding Shea cutting or Shea on the on the perimeter for a shot, and vice versa. Um, and I think I think they can, uh, based on what I've seen from Josh Giddy and a little bit of what I've seen from from Shea, I think, you know, without knowing them personally and how they <laughs> how they interact on the court, I think based on just the skill set, I think they can coexist quite. Comfortably, I think the issues with you know fit often come when players you know you have two guards who might play the same position, but one can't defend or one flat out can't hit a three or one needs the ball in his hands all the times. And I don't necessarily think that's the case for for, the, for either of those guys. Yeah, I definitely think the Thunder are looking literally looking for a team where every guy on the floor can rebound the ball and just go. You know, that's the kind of team that they're putting together, it seems like. Um, which is kind of, you know, let's fast forward 10 months from now. And, you know, season's over with. I, I don't think the Thunder will project as a playoff team once again. Um, but season's <laughs> over with. What do you think um, Josh Giddy's rookie season will look like? And how do you think it will end? Do you think it will end with a, you know, all-rookie team nod? Um, you know, how do you think it ends? Well, look, I think – one interesting thing we I mentioned before he's uh you know plays like or Kevin O'Connor thought he like plays like Joe Ingles and Kyle Anderson but I actually think uh certainly not from looking at him but I think on paper he's a lot similar to LaMelo Ball LaMelo and Giddy both had very similar numbers in the NBL um Giddy averaged 11 points LaMelo 17 but then they both averaged seven rebounds and pretty much seven assists each so quite similar numbers. Um, both like to push the ball up the court. Both like to be playmakers. I think there's every chance we see Josh Giddey in an all-rookie team, especially if the Thunder, you know, continue to put reps and minutes into their young guys and, you know, look to keep developing them as opposed to chasing a playoff spot. Guys, you know, some of the draftees who are going to teams like Toronto and Golden State, like I think there's every chance they get buried on the bench or kind of, you know, don't play as yeah. much as perhaps someone like Giddy is going to be able to. Um, so I think there's every chance we see him get a lot of reps and a lot of minutes. And I think you look at what LaMelo did in, in his rookie season. He did exactly what he did in the NBL. He, he rebounded the ball, he pushed the ball and looked to make plays for his teammates. Now, Giddy doesn't have that, that flair about his game. He's got a flair, but it's a very different style to LaMelo. But I think, you know, they both proved, there were both question marks about Giddy and LaMelo, how they're going to go in the NBL against men. Uh, they average pretty similar numbers. How are they going to go in the NBA? Well, LaMelo has gone out and shown that he, 
pretty similar to how he went in the NBL, and that's pretty well. And I think Giddy's probably going to do something similar. There'll be a learning curve for sure. And, you know, he'll have to work on shooting mechanics and defense like most rookies do. But I think we can expect to see him, you know, um, looking to create for his teammates, finding, you know, some scoring, especially playing with a guy like uh, Gilgis Alexander and uh, looking to rebound and push. So I think, you know, don't be surprised if Giddy finishes with a really tidy rookie stat line. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, something like eight points, you know, six rebounds, six assists a game, something along those lines, a quite even um, stat line to start the year. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think, uh, you know, Giddy, I think there will be a lot to like about his rookie season, especially in an environment like um, Oklahoma City, where he will get the reps and time to, um, you know, make mistakes on the court, but also grow from those mistakes early on. Yeah, and listeners of the podcast, you know, they'll hear at the very beginning, uh, this 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 podcast sponsored by BetOnline AG, and I read the Rookie of the Year odds. Josh Giddy was actually, I think, seventh on the Rookie of the Year odds, which obviously he's the number six pick, so, like, I guess you can consider that a bit of a downgrade. But when you're talking about, like, players that people kind of have their eye on going into the draft, um, I, I think it's, it's pretty – it's kind of like a testament uh, for Josh Giddy to be, you know, that high up in rookie of the year conversation. Uh, kind of my hot take I've been playing with is I, I think Giddy, if, you know, assume everybody stay, stays healthy, I think Giddy has the potential and I'm, I'm actually going to pick him to make like an all rookie first team this year. Um, you know, just based on what I've seen, you know, like you said, his work ethic, you know, how competitive he is in the game and the different ways that he can impact the game. So uh, I'm definitely looking for that. Um, you know, kind of bypassing his rookie year, looking at it from 10,000 feet, Josh Giddy's career, everything goes right. What do you think his ceiling is? Oh, look, I think his ceiling, I mean, it's always hard to tell uh, as far as, you know, there's only a few players on the planet who can reach that superstar status. But I think Giddy's career could be, you know, he could easily be a starting guard on a team that competes for a championship. He can, he can definitely be a player who, um, makes all of his teammates better. And, you know, those players, I think that's an easy cliche to throw out there, but those players are actually hard to find. You look at, there's guys like Steph Curry. He makes his teammates better because they're always open because, you know, teams are worrying about keeping <laughs> keeping a hand up on him. Um, you know, but, and it's, you know, like a player like Giannis, sometimes, you know, for all of the incredible talent he has, it is, it has been a challenge for Milwaukee to construct a team that actually fits around him, um, you know, and fits around his skill set and his ability. And I think that's never going to be an issue with Josh Giddy. And, you know, if the Thunder hit the jackpot on, you know, a, a draft pick or two, and then they have a, a team of, you know, Shea and Josh Giddy and, you know, a couple of, a couple of really talented forwards or, or bigs, like that's a team that could be, I, I don't think Josh Giddy is a player who, you, you would need to be hiding uh, down the track in the, in the playoffs or won't be able to get it done on a big stage. As I said he's a competitor. And I think a ceiling for him is a, you know, a, a player on a championship team, um, provided he you know, stays on the same ascendancy that he is now, which I, I really think uh, is, is something he will do. I mean, there was, this guy's an 18-year-old and there was you know, a lot of uproar that he didn't get picked for Olympic uh, men's team, the last player cut. And I think when you're talking about a guy who's 18, he's six foot nine, and people are upset that he's not on the, you know, 
the best team your country has to offer. I think that's a really good sign of things to come. So kind of my, I mean, I think we're, we're kind of finishing up. My final question is um, how much Thunder gear do you think you're going to see walking around Adelaide now? <laughs> well, it was funny. As soon as, uh, as soon as Josh Giddy got drafted, I saw straight on uh, Facebook, Instagram, all, uh, all over the internet. You know, there was personalized Josh Giddy Oklahoma Thunder stuff <laughs> on sale in Australia. So, look, I, I, the best selling jersey in the NBL last year, I think, was Josh Giddy's 36's uh, jersey, really? the number six that he wore. Uh, a lot crazy. of people wanted them. There were some heritage ones released that um, a lot of people went out and bought. And I think. You're going to see a lot of Oklahoma Thunder stuff here in uh, here in Adelaide as well. People are going to be going uh, nuts for it. I think. <laughs> I mean, and to, to put it into context, you see a lot of uh, Ben Simmons jerseys in Australia. You see a lot of uh, you know, kind of probably not as much Patty Mills and Joe Ingles, just because they're kind mm-hmm. of not the superstars on their team. But you know, Australia is a country where people have so much respect for our basketballs. Patty Mills is. A national treasure and you know joe ingles everyone everyone just loves him and i think josh he kind of has that um that in his future you know he's a he's from melbourne but he's also played in adelaide so you've got two of the biggest cities in australia who are you know claiming him as their own almost so i think we're yeah. going to see <laughs> a lot of a lot of love for josh giddy and you know at the olympics in 2024 in paris you know don't be surprised if he's the starting point guard for australia you know what I mean? Like oh, he's yeah. the he's the type of guy who's uh, very much uh, on the ascendancy, you know, from an NBA point of view, but also an Australian point of view. I think that in Australia, he's he's everyone looking in and thinking in four years' time at the Olympics, we're going to see him do things uh, on the big stage. Awesome. Hey, I, I got one more question here. You know, usually when we have a guest on, we try to end on a – just a fun note, maybe a game, maybe a silly question. And, and I got one for you. All right. So you've got to, you have to pick from the cringy, giddy Australia catchphrases. All right. So your first one is giddy, mate. Your second one is giddy for giddy. And your third one is giddy up. <laughs> well, I say giddy, mate, almost daily. That's one of my, uh, that's one of my, just, that's part of my uh, everyday vocabulary. So I love that. But I mean, giddy, giddy up's a good one as well. We've said that a lot of uh, the NBL commentators this year have uh, really jumped on the giddy up. So I think you're going to hear a lot of that uh, next year as well. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Well, hey, well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, Do you have anything you want to plug? You want to plug, you want to go ahead and plug in your, your Twitter, your, you know where you work at your your, your, uh, your Aussie your Aussie football Titans stats whatever you want to go ahead and plug in go ahead oh uh, look you can you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like I mean I, I like to keep a pretty close eye on the NBL when it's happening it'll be interesting to uh to see what happens you know with the the NBA's decision eventually to let high school players um nominate for the draft and you know, more players, Jalen Green and, and the likes are playing in the G League. So it'll be it'll be interesting if we get too many more um, of these players coming all the way to Australia to play a season and then go back to the NBL. I think, you know, we, we've had this lucky window where we've had Terrence Ferguson, LaMelo Ball, Josh Giddy. We've had a few other guys who 
you know, like RJ Hampton. We had um, a few others who haven't quite kind of taken the league by storm. Um, but, you know, this, this Josh Giddy could be one of the last big names to be in the NBL and uh, going to the NBA. So, it's you know, it's, it's an exciting time for you guys, I guess. Oh, definitely. Definitely, man. We can't wait to see. You know, he has summer, he has summer league coming up here on Sunday. Uh, so can't wait to see how, you know, how he looks out there on the floor. I'm expecting and, a summer league triple-double, just saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't be surprised. And, and and your assessment of him just kind of, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. Whenever we first drafted him, I was a little bit disappointed, you know, I, and only because, you know, number one, I wasn't necessarily disappointed in, in Giddy, but I was more disappointed because we heard so much, so many rumors about the Thunder trading up to get one of those top three or four players. And so when that didn't happen, you know, we had our eyes set on the guard from UConn, uh, James Booknight. So whenever the, the, the pick came in and it was Josh Giddy, it was kind of like, what in the world? Once I got, you know, once we got the, the emotion out of it, and you <laughs> see kind of like the team that Sam Presti is constructing, I think Giddy is a great pick, and I think he's going to do great in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and I think the big thing to remember with him is every time he's played against, you know, uh, older, stronger, more experienced competition, he's risen to the occasion. So I've got no doubt he's uh, going to be doing exactly that once he uh, once he suits up for the first time. Yeah, and, and same thing with me. Like, you know, I was I was also critical of the pick, um, but it wasn't because Giddy necessarily. It's like I tell tell you like I tell everybody else. Like, I didn't project Giddy to be where we was picking and around the pick six area. I didn't project him to be in the 16 to 18 area. I projected him to be like yeah. the 8 to 12 area. So I wasn't even paying attention to him. Um, <laughs> but And when we drafted him, I was like, the, Presti, they never even worked him out. Like, what the heck? And then, you know, news came out that, oh, they actually flew out for a personal workout. Oh, Presti dove into his um, NBL film when he was waiting in quarantine for the G League bubble. So, after yeah. news started to come out and, you know, I started to let my emotions, you know, go a little bit. I, I started to realize that, you know, this guy is a really exciting player. He's got a really fun personality. Follow him on TikTok. He makes me like die laughing almost every post. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have him on here, man. It's awesome. Yeah. I think you guys, uh, I think you guys will, will like what he brings. He's uh, as you said, like he's a, you know, he's a, he's a fun character. He's a pretty laid back guy. Most Aussies are. Um, and I think, uh, you know, hopefully he's uh, the type of guy, the Yukon guard, uh, Bonite, he, you know, probably on paper looked like he'd be a really good fit as a more natural kind of scorer with Gilgis Alexander as, you know, your playmaker. But I think uh, Gideon Gilgis Alexander could be a uh, really fun combo for a couple of years to come. Like, that's, that's music to my ears. <laughs> Well, guys, thanks so much for having me on. It's always good to uh, talk a bit about Josh Giddy and the 36ers in Australia. And uh, hopefully the Aussie connection, uh, you know, is, is strong and uh, really exciting in uh, Oklahoma City. Absolutely, man. You know, we Definitely. appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your day to come on. Um, you know, at the end of every podcast, we like to join together and do a uh, Thunder Up in unison. So if you want to join us in that, that'd be awesome. Uh, so, guys, thank you all for listening. Have a great night. God bless. Wear a mask if uh, where you need to. Get vaccinated if you have not. Poop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder, thunder up. up. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening to the Top of Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. 
Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKCTopicThunder. Thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.